Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by New Holin and Brandon Yates in the studio. And just to say a couple more words about the Bitcoin uh, ETFs that have just received the green light in the U.S. Uh, well, from the U.S. regulators, and uh, this is one part of the tech world as well as the financial world that seems to be a staple. Is going to be part of some people's portfolio of investment for some time. It's not going anywhere, but it's so important to get the uh, the supervision in, and also for folks who invest in this. I know it's kind of on you, but it's also kind of on your financial advisors, and it's also part of the government's job to make sure that at least the investment vehicles you're putting out there is not just going to siphon people's hard-earning money away with little chance of earning. Anyway, these are just some personal thoughts, but it's important that let's see if we can set these things right. And it's always the little guy I have in mind, and.、Um, Yes, and maybe this is connected to the next topic we're going to discuss on today's show. Coming up, as China faces its first cold wave of 2024, there's a heated debate brewing online about food delivery in this frosty weather. Should we think twice before hitting order to spare delivery workers the icy trick, or should we accept it as a challenging yet integral? Aspect of their job, and we're tackling a subject that touches the heart of modern mas- masculinity. How does embracing vulnerability not only benefit men's mental health, but also their relationships and overall well-being? And also, right before the show, well, this is kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Brandon and I had a quick discussion about how do you dis,、uh, how do you define masculinity, and it seems to mean different things for different people. We take a look at the power of vulnerability in redefining masculinity. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. If you have questions. That you want us to answer on social issues, business, technology, or whatever moves your spirit, you can send those our way. There's a place to do it: ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. Emails are fine, but voice memos are almost always a tad better because we like to hear your voice, and、uh, we're a radio show after all. And now, our roundtable as we continue today's discussion: the Central Meteorological Observatory. Reports a sweeping cold wave across the nation, plunging temperatures. We're talking here are eight to ten degrees centigrade in central and eastern regions. Even some regions in the typically warmer southern part of the country are experiencing snowfall, creating a winter wonderland, but also icy challenges. And a major shout out to all of you, incredible folks, braving this chilly blast on the job. To those of you clocking in outdoors, battling the frosty elements, a huge heartfelt thanks for keeping things running. You 
are the real MVPs. And now let's thaw out a hot topic heating up on social media: the dilemma of ordering food delivery in this freezing weather. Some internet users are urging folks to think twice before placing orders, considering the risks for delivery personnel braving the cold. Others, however, point out that delivery workers have a choice and are earning their keep. With delivery companies rolling out policies for worker protection, it sparks a debate: who foots the bill for extra delivery costs? Visible and invisible in extreme weather. So, what do you make of this big debate? I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that ordering less food online is the solution because, like we've mentioned, it is the livelihood for a lot of these、um, delivery drivers. I'm not sure how their salaries work in terms of base salary and you know how much they make in terms of the amount of deliveries they do, etc., etc. I'm sure there is some sort of Incentive there for delivery drivers to deliver as much food on an evening as possible, as quickly as possible. I think that the responsibility for either protecting or financially benefiting those drivers shouldn't be placed. That responsibility shouldn't be placed on the purchases of the food. I think. I think it should be placed on these companies that、uh, have these drivers on staff, because I think that a lot of these companies are seriously successful and make a lot of money. Um, so I think they should probably consider finding innovative ways to either、uh, incentivize or protect delivery drivers during these difficult times. Which is, you know, it's a great thing to say, but implementing it, I think, could be quite tricky because how how much can you protect? Somebody that's driving a you know a scooter in you know sub-zero weather. Well, definitely you can purchase insurance to start with, but actually. Insurance. Oh, insurance, right? Yes, and the thing here is that even though a lot of internet users are saying we should not order a lot of food in these extreme weather days, actually we have the people who are delivering food saying that maybe this is our chance to make a little more money.、Mm. And we see that in a video on Douyin on、uh, December last <coughs> year, a delivery worker in Beijing underscored that orders during such extreme weather significantly increased, thus allowing him to earn more money.、Mm. And he just said, "I had over 90 orders today, earning almost 1,000 yuan. That's around 140 U.S. dollars, due to various platform incentives for harsh weather conditions."、Okay. And he is basically saying, "I left my hometown and come all the way here just to make more money." So I see this quite as an opportunity than an obstacle. So I guess it really, like Brendan has said, depends on who's protecting them. And we, sh- to be honest, as a consumer myself. When I'm ordering、um, during extreme weathers, I actually had done that. Yes, previously、Me、as well. Yeah, and I would realize that the delivering fee is definitely higher than、mm. usual, and I am okay with it.、Mm-hmm. I feel like as long as they are protected, and even I am shouldering part of the responsibility of providing them with the financial intensive or protection, possibly with the platform, it's actually okay. Right. There was once,、um, not this year, a few. Years ago, when、uh, we endured heavy snowfall in Beijing, and I happened to wake up to a apartment just by myself. Parents are out, and I had no food whatsoever. Maybe there was like half a bag of rice left in the pantry somewhere. And then I remember going through that mental debate. It's icy cold out there, and then you can see ice on the pavement. Do you? 
and I'm starving <laughs> and it would be really nice to have hot food. And I'm grateful that there's this opportunity. And do I make this order or not? And I did. And also I made sure to find out the last couple of banknotes of cash we still had in the house. And I want to make sure that however little money that was, but I'll hand it over to the delivery guy as a tip. And I'm not going through the platform because I don't want this money to go to the corporate enterprise. I want this to go straight to the guy who's doing the, who's braving the cold, who's doing the heavy lifting, and who made me feel a little bit bad for enjoying his service. And I want to ask you this question, though. We have a situation where people in comfortable, warm, heated rooms debate the ethics of ordering delivery during extreme weather, especially considering the delivery workers dependent well, depend on it in making a living. I cannot help but feel a little bit guilty, even, um, okay, if uh, if not hypocritical in a way, in saying this. And also, this is probably why some of the quote-unquote good-hearted people on social media who are saying that, oh, you know, should we not order, blah, blah, blah. And then they also get the backlash because folks are like, hey, it's easy for you to say this. And yeah, um, how do you feel about this, Brandon, when, you know, it's kind of like nuanced feelings. And I hate a world where you can't just be straight up nice. And um, but but it's the real world is more complicated than that. I mean, like we've mentioned earlier, a lot of these delivery drivers see it as an opportunity to make a lot of money because it is a time where people are less likely to go out and, you know, the, the demand for deliveries will increase and they see it as a chance to make more money, make more tips, etc., etc., and actually uh, feed off of people's sympathy, essentially, because you're more likely to be generous with your tips when someone has delivered food to you in, you know, snowy weather or whatever it may be. But again, I think that we've mentioned some of, uh, well, we haven't mentioned names, but some of these, you know, corporate giants that make a lot of money through the extreme demand for food delivery services in China, regardless of the time of the year. I think there needs to be something done or at least a conversation created on social media on how the responsibility doesn't shouldn't necessarily only lie with the consumer to um, you know benefit the delivery drivers and protect them. I think a lot more um should be done from those corporations in some form whether it be financial or insurance or whatever you know we've discussed to do something to benefit the drivers that are going out there for their company to make that company money as well as themselves yeah i think it's rational and it's reasonable for you to think that and i agree and also there are discussions online um the the kind of discussions that brennan has just said about companies should bear more responsibility and delivery guys should be more protected and they are um there are more and more regulations more and more ways to protect these let's say delivery guys but uh, the reason that i i I do understand Huyang's point is because when you are the one that's clicking, that's um, click, kicking the but clicking the buttons on your phone and making the delivery in a warm environment, you would be a little bit like guilty. No, I understand that. 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 I get that, but heart. it's not going to stop you from ordering. Yeah, that's why for me personally, my uh, principle is that if I'm not that hungry and I am just. 
I can't bear the time to wait. I will order, and if、mm-hmm. I am just really impatient and really hungry, I'll, I'll just cook for myself because <laughs> I. But then I, you're I also、really、potentially be... denying a delivery driver money because of you, you feeling bad of them driving in icy weather. So that's how they see it. They're like, order please, because we want to make more money. Yeah. So it's like a battle between like consumers feel bad for the drivers, but the drivers are saying, no, don't feel bad for us. This is an opportunity for us to actually make a lot of money. And it's really great that on the internet people get to talk to each other, and the delivery guys are expressing their feelings,、yeah. and people ordering now it. It can you know bear a little less guiltiness in their heart,、mm. and the thing is, not only delivery guys are out there delivering food and helping us maintain a proper living standard in our daily lives. Actually, a lot of people from different industries are doing the same thing, and not if not even harder because of this major cold heat wave. We see that, for example, in urban areas, the demand for heating has surged, putting a strain on already struggling energy suppliers.、Mm. And if we talk about rural Regions, you see that、uh, crop damage and well-being of livestock is being being maintained and being protected by a lot of farmers out there, and also we see that. This cold has disturbed transportation system as well, with icy roads, leads, and visibility issues leading to delays and. Accidents, which is why a lot of people, a lot of officials, a lot of、uh, workers in local governments have initiated emergency protocols. They got out there, check the trains over and over again to make sure that the outsider, the、uh, outsider of the train, is not being blocked by this、oh, yeah. very thick ice、mm-hmm. that would. Or may affect the、um, proper function of the trains. They would have to check it multiple times, com- especially compared to previous in in better weather、mm. days. And also, you see that a lot of people are out there cleaning the ice on highways, making sure that traffic is still smooth and safe for people traveling. Out、yeah. there on the sidewalks too. I mean, for someone like me that loves running on the sidewalk, regardless of the weather conditions, I must say, when I saw snow on the sidewalks, I thought to myself, how am I going to go for my runs? But、um, the local, whoever is in charge of you know cleaning that. You know, stuff up is doing a fantastic job in in my area. Of course, and also for example in Ningxia,、uh, Hui Autonomous Region, we see that local governments are trying to make sure that、um, local markets, food markets, are able to maintain the level of stock that they need to make sure local people get enough eggs and milk and、mm-hmm. vegetables. And all these works are, I'm not going to see overlooked by the majority, but definitely they're not as Um, heatedly discussed、mm. on the internet. That's government related, though, right? Whereas these delivery guys, they work for companies that are privately owned. I assume.、Mm. I suppose it has something to do with、uh, visibility. Yeah. Because you know, this is your your delivery guy, or especially when we're talking about food delivery. Why is this a, a, a big topic? Whenever、um, you know, there's big downpour, or now you know, with this cold snap, people talk about deliver、uh, food delivery guys. Is also because、uh, when when you're expecting a meal to be delivered. It has to be,、uh, it has to arrive ASAP.、Yeah. <laughs> It's not like you know, same day delivery or twenty four、uh, or forty eight hour delivery, and, they, and, and they then they can so, take their time a little bit. And they are so visible. I mean, that's one of the first、yeah. things I noticed when I arrived in China. I just could not believe how many delivery. Uh, uh, Scooters were were flying around the place. We don't have、uh, <laughs> nearly that amount of、uh, delivery services in South Africa. It's incredible. Yeah, and also I'd like to、uh, ask you sort of、uh, to go further on one of the points that you guys kind of mentioned. That is、uh, about the company policies and support, especially in food delivery these days. Because、um, if you've been、um, watching the sector for some time, like this is. 
think uh, this is a point that um, the, uh, patrons, as well as you know, media professionals, as well as anybody who's uh, relying on the service of these food delivery uh, heroes, that they deserve better treatment. And mm. I remember years ago, people talked about insurance and gradually, you know, step by step. What about now? How are the companies um, doing in in sort of beefing up their efforts to support their okay? independent contractors slash employees. This is another point we can debate. But how are they supporting their um, delivery guys? Mm. Actually, we have uh, Meituan and Elema being the two major platforms here in China when it mm. comes to uh, food deliveries. Uh, they have increased the order subsidies, extended delivery times, shortened delivery distances, and eliminated negative reviews to reduce the pressure on riders and limit their exposure to harsh outdoor uh conditions. However, the extent of these emergency measures, including how many cities they cover and their applications in other severe weather uh, events remains uncertain. And I think it also has something to do with the fact that extreme weathers are being called extreme weathers for a reason. They're Mm. relatively extreme. And even though there are certain insurance and certain incentives in these times, we still find room to improve the definitely yeah i think the problem with extreme weather is you know it's going to be a constant battle and flip-flop between protecting the consumer and protecting the delivery guys as well because if we deem that the weather is too extreme for delivery guys to deliver food to people in their homes particularly the elderly or the you know medically vulnerable and individuals like that how are they then going to be able to get food themselves if if the delivery guys can't even handle the conditions so it's going to be a constant uh you know conversation about how to benefit both parties because there are going to be some people during extreme weather that unfortunately can't go out and get their own food. Mm. And that's one lesson I've learned from COVID that is always store some basic yeah. <laughs> um, stuff, mm. food yeah. stuff or, you know, medical uh, first aid kits or whatnot at home. And and I think the extreme weather we're talking about here, at least for today's discussion, mm. is not too extreme for not people to bad. travel outside. Mm. It's more like because the delivery guys had to uh, ride the scooters they're talking about and they have to like travel really fast mm. from homes to shops quite frequently. Then people are talking about, oh, maybe less orders would be better, but definitely no. fewer orders mm. is not good for delivery guys. Can either. be solved by some of the issues Incentives that we discussed earlier. And, yes. No, no. So like extended delivery time, yeah, shorter yeah, yeah. delivery distances. So I think those issues where it's ex- not too extreme for them to actually do their job, yes, to protect them better. I think that responsibility should actually fall on the companies as opposed to the to the consumers. Yes, which it seems like they are trying to do. Yeah, when we came into the discussion, um, I, I felt very um, impl. Uh, I felt the empathy for Mm -hmm. all parties, sympathy for some, but there were this group of people that had zero empathy towards that are the internet users who didn't (laughs) place the order, who are not delivery guys, who are just beavering away. Sideline commentators. Yes, or keyboard (laughs) heroes. I'm like, what have you done except for just chiming in? But actually now I would retract that. I mean, you're clamoring might have something to do with the companies rolling out 
new and more supportive policies possibly for these um, delivery drivers, male and female. And also, I think this discussion could also touch on larger issues such as uh, the gig economy's lack of safety nets and uh, well, for workers and the need for systematic changes to protect those in precarious employment. This is not, I think this is a global issue. Mm. And uh, no wonder, you know, in the U.S. state su- Supreme Courts, we've seen a few cases in the last few years talking about how do you categorize the workers of, uh, let's say, Uber or can't think of anything else right now but these like tech firms like are they independent contractors or are they formal employees and in some states in the u.s they have now categorized these folks as employees therefore they are uh, subject to or they're eligible to the full safety net that the government or the state provides and this makes a vast difference but also the companies have always made that um that's an argument. interesting loophole that a lot of these companies are seeing themselves as independent contractors. So then- they're, they're seeing the employee, well, not employees, the, these workers. Yeah. If you're just an independent contractor, then you're- You're not reliable for them. Yeah, you're not paying yeah. for pension. But I can see why that would be appealing for the for the companies because yeah, they think, course. well, we're making money off them, but we're not responsible for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, it's like you just traveled to five years ago. That's genius. <laughs> That's terrible. But it it's is genius. terrible. I can see why these companies are doing so well. And also, we're seeing that governments around the world, companies around the world, they have to make changes. Yeah. And us as consumers, I think for the good spirited people, we think we hold, and I do think we should hold, consumer responsibility Mm. and even if you don't feel like you're making a big change right now with this one deal all right i'll give it in to those keyboard heroes talking about it online so i think a lot of these conversations can spark change that doesn't necessarily need to be implemented by the consumers themselves but because if there's if there's enough of a hoobla created online about the way that some of Mm -hmm. these companies are treating their workers it can lead to positive change so sometimes these conversations online or on social media can really lead to to um to positive changes yeah well this is an unexpected high note that (laughs) we are here and let empathy guide our decisions and let's continue to look out for one another all right coming up why embracing vulnerability could be the key to healthier happier lives for men stay tuned looking for passion how about fiery debate want to hear about current events in china from different perspectives then tune in to roundtable where east meets west and understanding is the goal it's the hour of Roundtable with myself, Ha Young. I'm joined by Brandon Yates and Neil Holin in the studio. Throughout history, phrases like man up and boys don't cry have echoed through the corridors of masculinity. But it's time to question whether these words do more harm than good. Why is showing vulnerability seen as a weakness a lot of the times in men? And what can we do to shift this perception? It's not just about encouraging men to express themselves. It's about reshaping our understanding of strength and courage, Mm. in my opinion. Okay, being the only guy (laughs) in the room. In the conversation. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) And uh, Brandon, so yeah, let's go to you first. Mm. You know, men have long been confined within a narrow emotional spectrum. So 
do you what's your read into the stigma towards male vulnerability? I think there's a a healthy middle ground where I think it is great that men and women um, deal with adversity and um, you know show strength and deal with hard times and kind of push through and don't let their emotions or difficulties get the better of them. However, I also don't think it's healthy to completely be silent about whatever it is you're struggling with to the point where it could affect your health or could affect your your actual life. Mm. So I think the the idea that men are now speaking out about difficulties that they're dealing with and sometimes seeking help when it's needed, I think that's great. But I also think that there is something to be said about dealing with adversity and not letting adversity get the better of you. So I think there's extremes that need to we need to be cautious of, both men and women. Mm. Um, but I think it is great that there is more global acceptance of men talking about struggles that they face, whether it be day-to-day or mental, emotional, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, my feeling is that maybe it's overly confident to say that we all know what the ideal situation is, the perfect middle ground, the sweet spot of being masculine enough, yet being able to show your vulnerability to people that you should. But actually, we get to see that because of all the social stigma, because of all the traditional uh, concept or traditional perspective, of what a man should be. We get to see that, for example, a, con- a study conducted by University College London and University of Glasgow shows that men are 32% less likely to visit a health professional compared to women, and men are also less likely to seek therapy for psychological complaints like feeling down or anxious, and this is actually affecting mental health. It's not just about uh, a man being taught to men up or to cry less. It's about actual health problems that might affect, if not the majority, but a lot, a large amount of men. So I think that is why we're talking about this. And we're trying to stress the importance of being able to show vulnerability by men. Yeah, and vulnerability is not a weakness. No. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's actually a form of strength. And this is both for men and women. And the problem... Well, the part that really made me feel a little bit sad is that, oh, I didn't know that so many guys might feel that they need to silence or bottle it up. Mm. And uh, when uh, this is not possibly true for all women, but uh, I think for some of us, if not most of us, we feel it's okay to let emotions out and let's say vent to our girlfriends or whatnot. and, And that's socially acceptable. And uh, and nowadays, like for girls to just have an all girls night out and pamper ourselves, and 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 stuff like that, or dance in the town, and and that's even being praised in a way of oh, you strong independent woman because she's <laughs> she's paying her own bills and her girlfriend's bills as well, and I can do it, I can afford it, and I'm proud of it. But for guys, um, is it not the same? I, I just I feel what do you mean? like I, I mean if uh, actually I think for a guys to. For a whole bunch of guys to go out and hang out and then vent about their uh, emotional problems, and that's also okay. But do you do it differently? Men are a little bit. I mean, men. Uh, listen. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> listen, men also love to get together and you know have a good time and you know enjoy nights out. I mean, it might be a little bit different. Like instead of getting our toes pedicured, we might go to a bar and watch some sport. But I mean, those conversations about our struggles and, you know, things that we deal with on a daily basis also happen just slightly differently because, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately men and women are different. Yeah, but it's okay to cry on the shoulder of your 
um, guy friend or your yeah. girlfriend, I think. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. And embracing vulnerability is not just about showing emotions. It's about embracing a more authentic, fulfilled, and emotionally healthy way of living. It's a key or, okay, it's a key step towards dismantling harmful stereotypes and building a more um, implematic and uh, empathetic and also understanding society. Let's see if we can get there. And that's it for today's roundtable. Bye, guys.